Welcome to Style Zephyr, a life and style podcast brought to you by the Alec and Bradley Blind Faith Cigar. Same family, new amazing chapter. Live true at alecbradley.com. And now your host, Kevin Quinn. What's going on, folks? Welcome to this brand new episode with Style Zephyr. Happy quarantine to everybody. We're doing a little bit of a catch-up and review with a few folks we've had on in the past. I'm very, very grateful for their uh, grateful for their time. This is a little bit of a late-night edition. We've got returning to the show a good buddy of mine, a cigar aficionado, Mr. Mo Malley. Mo, thank you so much again for your time and being back on the uh, Zephyr with me. Oh, man, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Looking not, forward to it, my man. Not a problem. I mean, you know, don't. Don't have too high expectations. Just lukewarm and mediocre at best. I'm only, I'm, ha- I'm halfway into my first highball, so no, it's you know, don't raise the bar too high on me. But uh, yeah, man, great to have you again. And uh, the the topics that we had from before were essentially, mm-hmm. you know, you you are the equivalent, or I should just say that you are the epitome of a um, a cigar startup, and. Um, being a one-man band and just covering the whole operation by yourself, and especially right now, um, we're all under the quarantine, and you know traveling has been minimized. But um, I think you had a few uh, a few updates also since we last spoke. But so far with the quarantine, how have you been? Uh, how have you been faring, and how are folks enjoying? Uh, hopefully, some nice cigars while they're under quarantine. Well, that, that's a great question. It, it's kind of uh two-part right so things are tough uh from the perspective that a lot of our retail customers are either uh doing only curbside or carry out lounges pretty much across the country are closed uh, as people are not able to congregate so us as a brand well first of all it it's hard enough as a smaller brand to get traction, right? Let alone when your customers are struggling themselves. So a big thing for us is we, I I always look at it like I want my retailers to be strong because that gives their humidor a better chance to succeed and my cigars in their humidor a better chance to succeed. So as the retailer is hurting, obviously that spills over into what we do as well, right? Um, I think that you're seeing an interesting time for cigar consumers. Yes, people have more time to, uh, a lot of people are working from home. But that also means increased responsibilities on the home front, uh, especially if they have kids. So they may not have all this extra time to smoke as they thought they would, but uh, you're seeing online business pick up a little bit more. Um, so that has been a plus. But uh, with everything going on in the in in the economic picture, Kevin, I think we have to be very cautious about what we or how we approach the next few months. Uh, so that's kind of, man, just what I'm thinking about. And the worst timing ever, I have my first new cigar since I launched coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was ready to, sh- it's ready to ship next week. And, uh, yeah, it's just bad timing. Yeah, but, just... you know, you know, if, if a retailer is willing to still take their pre-order, we'll send it. 
but uh, we'll see. Sure, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, when we've sat down in the lounge before, and we've had some, you know, we've had you know dinner together, we've had smokes together. Um, having that product and having the ability to actually to get it to the consumer, and not just mm-hmm. also from your customer, also, um, it's the ability to get it to it. It's like right now that ability to communicate to that consumer that you're still thinking about them, you're thinking about your customer. And then um, your big priority still uh, has been knowledge, you know, and making Mm -hmm. sure that your consumers and your, uh, by that I mean like folks like me who walk into the the lounge, um, that knowledge is still a priority, isn't it? It, it, Because you blew my mind with knowledge, just throwing information at me about what tobaccos you can afford and what's available. And how does that fit into the picture for you also right now? Well, it's key, right? So you touched on a couple different things. I'm building a brand along with, obviously, the reps that that support the brand on the road, the retail uh, establishments that carry the patina cigars. You want everybody to be well. So not, not only, um, how do I explain this? Everything kind of fits in, right? So when we talk about how when you set up like a cigar blend, for example, right, you have to think about where does this fit in people's rotations? Where does it fit in a customer's humidor? Where does it fit in a rep's portfolio? Because for me, I don't have in-house sales staff, right? Right. Um, and to me, this is more than, than, uh, I don't consider myself a marketing company. I have very simple packaging, very simple bands, uh, you know, elegant, but, but simple. So I put a lot of time and effort into the cigars, right? And we try to use tobaccos that are readily available. The best of the tobacco that we decide to use that allows it, the cigars to still be at a affordable price point mm-hmm. um, because the way the market kind of is set up, you have your, you have your budget uh, cigars, you have your premium, you kind of have your next level, what I call uh, ultra premium, and then you have like your super premium, right? Uh and the reality is I use the same tobacco as all those guys that are doing ultra premium and super premium, uh, but the brand recognition is just not there. So that's kind of what we're trying to do, man, just build a brand, really. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, even in terms of your pricing, I would say you're around like that 8 to $10 range, which for – I have never had a bad patina. Like no, I, I appreciate I, it. I, I've Thank never you. had, you know, from – uh, a flavor standpoint, uh, from just being humidified properly, a burn mm-hmm. standpoint. Yeah, I've never had a bad one, and uh, even I, I think. Oh God, uh, you'll you might actually remember it even more than I do. Uh, but uh, a buddy of mine who uh, we had his bachelor party. Yeah, absolutely. I, <laughs> I texted you. What's his my, name? Brian. Oh uh, yeah, my buddy Ryan. Right. Yeah, yeah. And there you go. He he doesn't smoke as often as he wants to, but patina mm-hmm. is still his favorite. And even after. Uh, if it's primarily at Casa or if he happens to get something from online, where have you, sure. 
never had a bad one. So yeah. I, I would say for like, what would you say? Is it been like eight, eight, nine, ten dollars? That's a pretty good range, right? Uh, so yeah, my cigars range anywhere from eight to thirteen for the larger sizes. Um, but again, man, it, that consistency you're talking about comes from using tobaccos that are readily available to so you can maintain consistency. You can go down to Nicaragua and come out with this crazy blend, right? And it's just different and it's unique and it's, you know, whatever. But to be able to do that with tobaccos that are readily available is what could help catapult you to that next level because you're able to maintain that unique profile, but on a consistent basis. And that's exactly what I'm trying to get to, right? Uh so that's what drives it. And I think that consumers, um, I wish we can get more consumers down in Nicaragua so they can kind of see how it all works. Or even if they have a chance to go to the Dominican or Honduras, mm-hmm. uh, Costa Rica, whatever, where you get to go to a cigar factory and, and kind of experience all that goes into it. Because when I'm talking about this stuff, I'm, sometimes I think people don't truly understand how difficult that is to get that consistency um, it's just like any other natural product, right? You are, uh, you know, you're kind of at the mercy of, of weather or of uh, growing conditions or whatever the case may be each and every year. Mm-hmm. So I work with the master blender that, uh, you know, closely to make sure that we're able to maintain consistency regardless of uh, what the crop is like that particular year. Well, it's it, the principle of that is just, I would say, exactly like suits. Like, again, mm-hmm. it, when you go into custom suits, and I kind of hit on this. I did a uh, Facebook Live the other day. And mm-hmm. when you – it's one thing to talk about, you know, the color and the manufacturer and mm-hmm. all that kind of hoopla. But when it comes to the DNA of what a jacket actually is, um, it's my goal as soon as possible either to get over to Italy or to get over to Scotland or to get over – um, you know, anywhere within the UK and to actually see, you know, the animal and see, yeah. see um, you know, the shearing and seeing all the wool being processed or, you know, if it's into cashmere, what have you. And then when it's dyed and then when, you know, everything is being milled and everything is being just stitched together, um, right. there's the technology that goes into that. It's the availability of that, you know, the livestock and then um, mm-hmm. even different animals that are federally protected. Uh, right. Not that I can afford any of those because that's a very expensive, you know, material. But um, the principle is the same. And uh, like I said, for your for that price range, um, you know, I very rarely. I think the the last time that we smoked, I maybe had three cigars that night, which is extremely rare. But um, I know that if you're around, I'm always going to be capping my night off with a patina. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just right. it's it's just going to be icing on the cake. Um, in but, terms of you know, yeah, and and here's the thing too, man. You were talking about the materials that go into the suit. You could be, you could be the greatest designer in the world, okay. But if you don't have the right materials to make your your visions come to life or come to fruition, it's very hard. Being able to source good materials is so important in any sort of business where it requires producing a product, right? So, 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a battle we all face, right? Oh yeah, of course. So. And then you know, when when you talk about pricing, you know, there's there is what goes into it. You know, you have to pay the rollers. Yeah. You got to pay, you know, the folks that are making your boxes and everything else. Whereas you know, I'm, you're you're paying the guys who do the shearing and then the the construction. So mm-hmm. There is there is actually a price to everything. Amazing. Oh yeah. But um, you did. Yeah, nothing's nothing's for free, man. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, yeah. There wasn't there because I know that you said that you're going to have a new cigar, but I think you yeah. also had a different size that was released not too long ago. Was that a thing? Um, yeah. So we we did uh, a petite robusto, which I call the precipitation vitola. It's right. a four by fifty. Um, so funny enough, man, you know how we had that polar vortex last winter in Chicago and it was brutal Mm -hmm. for smoking cigars. So what I found I was doing was I would go to Casa or whatever and I would like get other brands, petite robustos. Okay. And I'm like, man, this would be a really good size to come out with and have in the portfolio. Because I would imagine that a lot of people would like to sometimes just have a quick cigar, right? So when I went down to Nicaragua last summer, we sat down. I said, uh, I said hey, this is kind of what I want to do. Let's put something together and, and see what we can come up with. And we did it. And I will tell you that I never sold out faster of any size than that one. <laughs> and uh, it's been it's been incredible. And for whatever reason, the blend just translates really, really well into that Vitola. So um, it's flavor-packed in a small format. You know, kind of think like a snack size candy that you give out on Halloween, right? <laughs> Perfect, yeah. So, man, yeah, that's kind of what it's like. That's so. what I want is a trick-or-treat bag just full of freaking... <laughs> Yeah. these things damn yeah because i i tell you because it's i can't really get them even myself small enough because uh god you know god willing uh this quarantine ends um we're all kind of uh i'm uh, i'm cut back a little bit as far as a job so to speak and hopefully it's not permanent mm-hmm. but um my walk to and from my train to my job is maybe a good maybe maybe 15 minutes if that i'm a pretty fast walker and there will i'll have good days i'll have lukewarm days i'll have shitty days but sometimes there are days where i want to have a a smoke on my way to my train and you know when the average premium cigar you know eight you know seven eight nine ten dollars and whatever the size is and whatever the burn is like it's a pain in the ass to not get something that's just shorter you know a good smoke Right. That's the job done really quick, and especially when a good, you know, the average burn on a good cigar is around thirty, you know, thirty minutes or so, maybe, maybe forty. Sure. So, you're, you're, yeah, how, how fast you smoke, it will definitely impact that. Yeah, totally. So um, that was I remember seeing that at Casa, like you said. I think I saw some of it on Instagram. So mm-hmm. um, totally something that I'm going to be looking into as well. Um, and then as far as, uh, did you want to talk about the new, new stuff at all? Or is that sure, man? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so I'm doing, I have a Maduro coming out, which will be, uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll have the Connecticut, the Habano and the Maduro. Uh, it took a long time to put this cigar together. Uh, mostly because the Maduro market is very, saturated as it is Mm -hmm. okay there's just 
for whatever reason, people, believe it or not, Connecticut's are the best-selling cigars. However, when you go into brick-and-mortar shops, you see a lot of people smoking Maduros, right? And for a lot of people, I think it's because, you know, when you look at people like that are in my position who smoke multiple cigars a day in, in normal times, right? Whether we're on the road and we're, you know, when I'm on the road, I smoke four to five cigars a day. Okay. Hmm. But when you're at home, you may smoke a cigar. And so sometimes people want a little bit more punch depending on their palate profile. Right. So I think that's why like in a brick and mortar, you're going to see a lot of more Maduro smokers than are actually that it's, it's not indicative of the broader market. But, but I knew that I was missing this chunk of the market. And so, man, I've been working on it since last, uh, well, probably for about two years now. And I had a factory change, which I went through. And so that kind of delayed the project a little bit. But we were able to come out with something that I feel, even in a saturated market, and my goal is always this. If you take the band off of a patina, whether you like it or don't like it, okay, that's a personal preference thing, and you're not going to please everybody. Sure. But if you take the band off of that cigar, is it going to stand out? Are people going to know that they're smoking a patina? And mm. I wouldn't release the cigar until I felt that that is what we achieved. And I feel like we finally achieved it. So, yeah, man, it's going to be uh, ready to ship uh, next week to retailers. So I'm, I'm excited, but it's just it's piss poor timing, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, hey, but, you know, uh, if it's going to be if just a new if just a new sizing of a previous line is as popular and kills it as well as it does, you know, as well as it did before, then something new is just going to be even better. And well, you, you know, it's man, look, it. It's never easy coming out with something new because you want you want to be able to look when you're a small brand. Mm -hmm. The reality is retailers, whatever they're looking for any reason not to carry your stuff because you're you're just more work for them. Sure. Okay. Like it takes more work to sell my cigars than it would a bigger, well-known brand. But if you keep coming out with stuff that hits and resonates with people, they're going to have no choice but to carry it. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm so methodical with my releases, because I can't afford to miss. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, man, it's just I don't have that luxury of missing. Mm -hmm. Okay? And that's what drives me. Yep. And... uh no matter, look, you could have the most fancy marketing in the world, and you could have the most fancy packaging in the world, but at some point, it's still going to come down to the cigar and what kind of experience people have from smoking your cigar. So it better be a unique one. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Well, well, hey, man, you know, when it, when it gets out, whether I get to go in and buy it and smoke it there, or if I got to wait for, uh, you know, if I got to have Omar or somebody at Casa bring it out to me, or... Yeah, wherever a little the curbside hell, action. Yeah, wherever the hell it is that I'm going to sell it to them, you've at least got one on a waiting list. Mm -hmm. So maybe, no, I appreciate it. Maybe maybe I just, two. I just got to get the hours back in. You know. I, well, dude, believe me. I <laughs> trust me. I know your struggle right now. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. Okay. It um, 
it has been very difficult and my heart and my my best wishes goes out to all of the people that are struggling right now okay we're not the only ones struggling there are plenty of people that are in situations now that has nothing to do with anything that they've done mm -hmm. that is completely out of our control and so this is really a time, I believe, for all of us to come together and try to be understanding and try to build together and, and work together. And so I hope if anything comes out of this whole pandemic, that that, that is something that comes out of it. Oh, yeah. And, and I will say, because uh, I, I, I gave it a try, I, it wasn't going to work out, but um, this is just goofy off the wall story, but um, enjoying camping as much as I do, even though mm -hmm. I never get the chance to do it. Uh, I wanted to try out some military grade MREs and judge me okay. if you want. I really don't care. No, and, no I don't judge. It's all good. And uh, this guy uh, on YouTube, very entertaining in a really weird kind of a way, but he, all he does is eat MREs okay. and he's had them from so many different countries from modern day. The oldest MRE that he's ever eaten was mm -hmm. uh, an MRE from the Civil War. Um, oh, okay. it, it was chocolate and then ground uh, ground beef, and he actually oh. he actually ate the beef. Um, but how does how does that even how is that even possible? It was barely. <laughs> you're watching it, and you're like, "Oh my god!" And he he, he was. You could kind of tell that in the back of his mind, he's like, "If I have this, and it's you know over like you know, 180, 170 years old." why am I not going to just at least try it? You know, the chocolate amazingly enough was gone, but the beef, he actually had it. And he, it was not enjoyable as much as it was just savoring the experience of eating beef. That was that old. But, uh, huh. in one of, in one of, his, uh, how did they preserve this meat? So or how did they preserve these? MREs? So imagine, okay. So like it, um, so it's just like when you have like a can of any kind of soup, spaghettios, whatever, and you have like the the top right. uh, little key, like you pull it away, yeah. it pops up, and then you pull it away. The other ones that have like when they tell you like don't knock spam and other cans that have like the built-on key, mm -hmm. this had the earliest uh, build or design style of on uh, um, like taking that key, pulling apart like basically a quote-unquote wire part yeah you know spinning it around the meal like the, the encasement yeah. of the meal spinning it around and then breaking the container in half imagine okay. like a loaf of bread and breaking it in half and the one right. half was loaded with old with with the chocolate the mm -hmm. other half was loaded with um if it was mutton or whatever it was like just this this ground beef that is it's just it's completely shredded and okay. the the fact that it was because, uh, you know, uh, chocolate will kind of like this color or, or, or mushroom, whatever the terminology is. Mm -hmm. Beef, it just depends. And some of the meals that he's had from uh, Vietnam and then from Korea, um, some of those at the fruit and like anything with nuts in it were just gone. Just completely, you know, the mm -hmm. oxidation and everything will just destroy the food. It'll eat away at the, the tin cans that they're packaged in. But uh, he had to take a knife and he shredded the beef apart and he said it kind of tasted, it tasted as if like it was like bone marrow, like, or like a bone that you would make like from, you know, from like yeah. super porridge, but, uh, right. God bless that sick bastard. He actually had it and 
<laughs> and he, he lived to tell about it. He, he only had maybe like a couple mouthfuls. Not all of it he ingested. A lot of it he spit out. But like I said, God bless his his you know little outgoing heart that he tried it. But um, I, di- I digress. One of one of his meals uh, was from 1944. Okay. And um, what was amazing to me about it was that he was picking it all apart and. Whether it was um, peanut butter, jam, the biscuits, crackers, cheese, beef, whatever it was in these old meals, every component of these old meals were from a different manufacturer, and they were all American-made. One might have been from a plant in Chicago, one was from a plant in New York, one was from a plant in Florida. Mm -hmm. One of the components was made from a tile manufacturer in New York. And I just thought, like, that, like, t- to have an old sea ration from World War Two, mm-hmm. and to think that just the crackers, the crackers all by itself was made from a tile manufacturer, that was the epitome of a time and an era where we were all into something together, and right. so somebody that had no business and no interest or or anything having to do with crackers made crackers for GIs to go overseas. And it was like, that's amazing. That's just absolutely, like, like that is the quintessential coming together. Now you have companies like Alan Edmonds who um, are going from shoes and they're making the migration to face masks and Mm -hmm. car manufacturers that are going to ventilators. And, um, you know, even, you know, I'm a podcast guy and uh, it's not about me. I want it to be about patina. I want it to be about... Um, you know, affordable antiques and more. I want it to be about DIY Vinci and all these other folks that I've worked for, I've worked with. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care about me. You're gonna know me eventually. You, you're. It's but, my- but wait a minute. No. Why can't we just make this about us? Because I have some questions for you now. Oh shit! All right. Go ahead. Okay. Because this is not. Look. You and I are in the same boat. We're both trying to build something. And it's and it's fun to exchange the stories and the of the things that we see and the things that we take away from different things. But there's two points that I I really want to make quick um, that you touched on. Number one, you and I have talked about Alan Edmonds before. And when I was in corporate America, look, man, you can go and spend five hundred bucks on some Ferragamos, or you could whatever four hundred dollars and and on all of these shoes that are you know super expensive, right? But Alan Edmonds always made really good stuff at a reasonable price, okay? And I always loved that brand for that reason, okay? Uh, but that's a different topic. Uh, <laughs> in terms of the, the coming together of World War II, have you, have you seen the, like, the coronavirus has given people a lot of time. And so they've come out with some pretty interesting memes, right? I mean, some of this stuff is just comedic gold okay but the one where they have people sitting on a couch with like their bellies hanging out and then another picture of troops like storming the beaches of like normandy and they're like how my grandfather saved the world how i saved the world the fact that people still cannot just sit their sit their butts at home cannot like be patient enough to ride this out have to continually push the limits of of hurting their fellow citizens. I mean, really, 
is going out that important and socializing where you're like basically weaponizing yourself, okay? And to see the sacrifice that you're talking about versus the, the stuff we are seeing today is mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, that's there are reasons why they call them the greatest generation. And, and actually, because um, I, I don't generally openly talk, I mean, you know, with politics, is not, it's not even really in the spectrum right, right now. But um, I kind of thought to myself the other day, like, you know, Oh, like my so and so will miss their high school graduation and all this time and all this energy that they put into doing this and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what? Let this be a very valuable lesson to you. I understand that, you know, you love high school and you're going to hopefully have these relationships that will last for years and the memories that you've made. But here's the thing in the real world, shit happens. Yeah. And let this be a lesson that you're going to need to learn how to be resilient in life, how to flex with the times, like the word, you know, flex and all this stuff has its own kind of stigma to it, but mm-hmm. know how to be flexible and resilient and accept the world as the way it is because life isn't perfect. You know, no. you're, you're going to, whether it's sickness, if it's career job, right. if it's the weather, so many things that are out of your control Mm-hmm. It just you're you know you're like young people they're pretty smart and for the most part you know with the exception of right now we've we've kind of hit you know we've kind of won the world history powerball lottery but yeah um you know like i told you i i, I gave myself a haircut today like i can't go out i can't do anything <laughs> else and you know what it made me feel good you know i cleaned yeah. the house i lit a candle you have a good meal Watched. Yeah. I don't usually watch TV. I watched Midway last night because I'm a, I'm kind of like a history buff and um, yeah, yeah. Just the one well, time where you're asked to not do too much, like it's not forever. Hopefully, <laughs> people but, are always fucking complaining about how much they have to do, and now when they have a break from doing all of that, they want to complain about not doing anything. I tell you what, though, dude. About that same note, I told my boss because we've uh, you know, my mm-hmm. team has had some difficult conversations lately, and I told my boss recently. I said. You know what's going to happen once all this is over and God willing, we're all back to work and mm-hmm. you know life tries to get back to normal. You know what's going to happen after a week? I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm so tired. Yeah, I'm on vacation. Like, oh yeah. god. Like, oh and, yeah. And we're going to be thinking back to like, God, I had a month and a half off, and it was like I was so bored and like, man. But then I think to myself, do I really want to keep spending $35 on a haircut? Cause I gave myself and all it cost me was 35 minutes and mm-hmm. you know, there's that kind of thing. But, and, and even if it, cause right now, like all the digital, uh, the media stuff with cigars is, is off the chain. Like everybody's, I, I had, you know, you've got JR, you've got you know, Rocky mm-hmm. Patel, all these different brands. And, um, fortunately not being, you know, you know, I'm just kind of like lifestyle wise, but, um, Everybody's coming together and try, yeah. trying to make it work, and yeah. uh, you know that was what I wanted to do for you too. Sure. Uh, and just like I said, like everybody kind of using what's at their disposal to make life for everybody else a little bit easier. Oh yeah, I mean you know we uh, I still do my podcast uh, called The Sultans of Smoke with my buddies. I was uh, about to bring it up, <laughs> and I, I've had multiple people message me and be like, "Hey man, thank you guys." for continuing to do the podcast because it gives me a sense of normalcy. We always release it on Tuesdays and 
people are like, man, it makes me happy that every Tuesday I'm still getting, I mean, to hear that from people is pretty cool, right? Sure. And then when you see people posting the cigar and smoking it during their quarantine or whatever, and they're enjoying it, and it's an escape for whatever they're dealing with, uh, is great to hear, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that, look, we talk about resiliency. Since I've started Patina, I have gone through uh, a near revolution and overthrow of the government in Nicaragua. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have gone through a factory change. I have gone through uh, now this pandemic, FDA regulations. Uh, <laughs> so it has Ugh. been it it has been man very very uh, interesting, and the level of resiliency or resolve or whatever you want to call it to just keep pushing forward is something that's helping me deal with this now, right? So I hope that everybody takes this opportunity to to say, hey, you know what, I'm strong, I can make it through this, I will make it through this, I'll figure it out. And uh, that's what I want. And I was going to post something today, I was going to say, take stock of the people that are asking about you. Because... People that aren't asking about you during this time, you should not waste any time on those relationships when this is all said and done. And God willing, we make it out. Right? Why would you? I mean, I've gotten how many messages from folks that I haven't heard from. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm reaching out to a few folks. And it's like, why not? Like, why not? Just, you know, just... um, if I could just delete, I, honestly, if I could just delete Facebook tomorrow, I would. But for yeah. how many friends and family and associates and so many people, and especially with the podcast and you know with company wise um, for K Quinn Custom, but yeah, it's it's you know reconnecting with family, reconnecting with friends, and um, hoping that some people return texts that you haven't heard from in a long time. And um, you know, I had a. I had a conversation with my uh, a master tailor that I'm networking with for my company, and mm-hmm. just how he's doing, how his business, like, just how are sure. you? Like, how's the family? Like, how's everybody doing? Right. And taking you back to basics, and then even then, one of the I think one of the best things to do for yourself, um, you know, pandemic or no, um, giving yourself something to look forward to after that. I've had probably three or four friends that I haven't seen in how long. And we're like, Hey, let's go out for tapas after, after this. Like, let's go. I don't generally eat Spanish food, but I'm like, let's go for tapas or let's go to this bar. Let's check out this restaurant. Let's go for a show. Like just something to like when you, I don't, I don't want to say that I take normalcy for granted, but just miss. I I think everybody does. I think everybody does. Yeah. Like just, Uh, Oh, I will tell. And that's, and that's, just the structure that going to my job every day mm-hmm. gives my life, you know, right. like what time I want to wake up at, what time I want to do this. Cause yeah. I'm slightly like multitask obsessive. So it's like yeah. everything is, I think I got it from working at UPS where, you know, so many deadlines and so much shit to go on that you're right. like, like when you get home and you're like, Oh, I accomplished so much today. What's my right. schedule for tomorrow? Yeah, sure. So whatever yeah. the hell time all this quarantine is going to get lifted, that means I'm going to have to get my ass up at whatever time, get to Casa. 
Uh, yeah. We'll get the Starbucks first, or for you, I'm going to be going to Dunkin' probably, and, and, <laughs> and then picking up some, you know, like, I don't know what, whatever the hell I'm going to get, but. Look, man, listen, <laughs> you were talking, first of all, yeah, I, typically I, I go Dunkin', but for whatever reason, lately I've been craving Starbucks. But look, man, the first thing I'm going to do when this is done is go get an Italian beef sandwich. Uh-huh. Uh, and actually sit at Portillo's or something and eat it. But if you look at something you said, I want to go back to your, your Facebook comment. I've been off of Facebook now for almost two years. I think it'll be two years in June or something like that, right? Maybe July. And do you miss out on some stuff? Absolutely. Uh, am I missing out on connecting with people to build the brand Maybe a little bit, sure, because your Instagram crowd versus your Facebook crowd are a little different in the cigar world, okay? And some guys do both, or girls do both. But from a comfort perspective of, like, inner peace, there's no way that you can get me to go back on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you, man, because... If someone really, if you're really important to somebody, it should be beyond a Facebook friendship or, or relationship, right? If people really want to ask about each other, they have these crazy things called phones. <laughs> yeah. You know? and, and it took me, and I was never on social media until I started the cigar stuff. And I never liked it from before, so I was never on it. But then with the cigar stuff, you know, when you don't, when you don't have an advertising budget, this type of stuff is, is crucial, okay, to get the name out. But, um, yeah, Facebook I just found to be, uh, from a personal standpoint, just not worth it. And I always used to say, I always used to say, Facebook is the mechanism which keeps relationships alive that should have died a long time ago. Yeah, it's it's amazing to think of how how life drags you into different directions. Mm-hmm. I, I sent a text to a friend of mine from college. Um, loved her. She's my best friend there. Um, she had me stand up in her wedding. Uh, Mr. Terribly. And I messaged her the other day. I'm like, hey, I hope all is well. I'm sorry that yeah. things have... Life is what it is. And um, and then, like I said, at the same time, like I, I can go into my events folder... And I just, I, I just don't have the, the energy or the time. But like in my invitations folder, I've got probably at least twenty, thirty invitations, whether mm-hmm. they're they're paintball games or God only knows what they all are. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, not thinking about you guys. I just, I can't. <laughs> right, whether right. It's job or time off or anything else. Well, especially right now. But ironically, you can't do anything. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, it doesn't make it any easier, but um, I've already, like I said, I've already connected to four or five other people that I haven't heard from in the longest time, and right. we're just some of some of which are people from grade school, and I think what I appreciate the most about some people's relationships are that we could just pick up and start bullshitting right where we left off, and it's oh. like, like yeah, you know, hundred hundred percent. I mean, my best friend growing up. Uh, we see each other maybe once a year, 
but literally I can go a month or two months without talking to him and we'll pick up like we've been talking every day. Oh yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my, is my buddy Ryan that, you know, you met, yeah. um, he, he and I have been, he, that's my oldest friendship. Uh, we've been friends for almost 30 years now. And, uh, yeah, we can. I tell them that he's the uh, he's the rusty to my Daniel Ocean, and <laughs> we could like text some random bullshit like right now. If, if it if it were no pandemic, I would be like, hey, Friday, casa, like Star- yeah. Starbucks, casa, patina, whatever. Um, just and that's that's it. And you just yeah, you, you know. And I haven't like I said paintball. I haven't been able to paintball, and God only knows how long. And um, I need knee surgery, so now I'm telling these uh, biggest game of the year in May just got canceled. So right. now all of us are like, well, well, we'll figure something out. Like we make it work. We're all crazy like that. Uh, well, I, I think that you're, you're touching on something that's important too. And I think a lot of people need to realize that whatever plans they had, and this might even plans that may be extended to the fall are probably going to have to be revisited. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I know. I know for us, uh, piece, the PCA convention that's going to be happening in July is probably not going to happen, okay? Uh, which is a big bummer for us because it's an opportunity to really connect with uh, sure. retailers and, and then, you know, seeing friends within the industry, right? So it, it sucks, man. And we wish that we could, I mean, they haven't announced anything, but that's just my assumption, Uh but if we're if we're not going to have it, that that's another impact on our business, right? Absolutely. And then, and then even from a personal perspective, I'm not going to be able to see get to see some of my friends from the industry that I you know I get to see at these conventions that are always nice to see. Uh, so we're all feeling this, right? But it, it's how you navigate it mm-hmm. and and try to stay positive through it. I feel like. Sure, and, and it's it, it all. I think a lot of it will tie back to because um, a lot of my ideas that I've had for the custom clothing, mm-hmm. it's it's dawning on me that a lot of it is not groundbreaking, but at least for me, because I think both of us being in the same kind of um, in the same kind of mm-hmm. uh, setup where budget is a thing, resources is a thing. And I'm like, hey, like I'm gonna work on digital and video, you know, consultations and so on and so forth. Because you know, you're it's just coming from a sales perspective. You're always planting that seed and mm-hmm. what's next. And hey, like I'm, you know, not you don't want to be a dickhead. And um, like the the you're you're famous from our, our previous interview. You know, nobody likes a jagoff. So just always reminding folks that. I'm just an option, and if the yeah. time, and if the time comes, I'll be here for you. Let's be here for each other now. Um, I'll give you something else to think about right now, other than turning on the news. And it's just all you know. It's all gloom and doom. It's negativity, and mm-hmm. just you know, just being there for other people. I will say though, uh, I did miss you. Uh, I missed not seeing you at uh, uh, when I was at the uh, the trade show last year in Vegas. But uh, I know you were busy. 
But it was, oh, you, you, yeah, I know. You were big shot in it with Alec Bradley. Yeah, I get it. sure was. And yeah, it was, yeah, you, yeah, was, you know, you were at the high rollers. It was amazing, and I was no, like, no. no I, I, you got to be able I, to roll before you can high roll, and I'm not. A roller. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I've never, I've never met those guys. Uh, they seem like cool dudes. Uh, I've never met them personally, though. Uh, it's kind of interesting how this business. Uh, how certain people gravitate towards each other, particularly based on where your cigars are made, right? So I have a lot more relationships with the folks that have their cigars made in Nicaragua because, A, I either see them in Nicaragua, or, B, we work out of the same factories or with the same tobacco sellers or whatever the case may be. So you get to get you get to know those guys a little bit more. Sure, um, yeah, but uh, it look, man, it it's not easy uh, starting anything worth doing. If it were easy, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. I don't care if it's clothing, cigars, uh, whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's just nothing worth doing is easy, uh, or else everybody would be doing it, and there would be no money in it. Because if everybody could do it, there's no money in it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And I always tell people about the cigar business, like, if you think that you're going to, I always hear this from, oh, I was going to make a cigar and try to sell it and stuff. And it's like, dude, if there is one business that I could tell you is not fast money, it's this one. <laughs> okay. There is nothing fast about making money in the cigar business. I can tell you that right now. And it's a very capital-intensive business because of the aging process. So you're basically tying up money each production cycle, right? So uh, it, it's just different, man. And uh, but it's fun, and the challenge is great to go up against to go up against these established brands and uh, try to build something to uh, to rival. Uh, these big names it's fun well i think you do um with my limited vocabulary and the terminology of different brands and um i know who i know the brands that i like more um i'll i try to always remember the cigar that i liked more but um you know because i got a i got a birthday coming up already and uh i already know what uh, What, when's your birthday uh, May twenty fourth. So it's it's. Man, not, I, I, not, if not we're too, out of quarantine by then, we're getting a cigar together. Bud. I was just, <laughs> I was gonna say, I guess I got a hit list for what cigars I got to do on my birthday. You know, God willing, we're all like you said, we're God all out of here. Um, but uh, what I was gonna say though, in terms of you know high roller status, uh, mm-hmm. I was very, very. Uh, it was very self gratifying how many people at the cigar show i wore the vegas jacket just because mm-hmm. everybody calls it the vegas jacket now and i got how many damn people cigar people i don't even know walking past me i'm sitting at the alec bradley booth mm-hmm. i'm kind of like planning out my day like who well, you know what booth i'm going to mm-hmm. go to and do some recording and audio and video and sure. uh, i had people like hey who's that jacket from who's that jacket <laughs> from like that's a sharp jacket you got a card you got a card and i'm like no like I just announced that I'm doing it. Like literally just announced at this table forty minutes ago that I'm actually gonna start a company and Yeah. But you know, it is what it is. And you'll never wear one, I know. That's fine. No, that that's not true. <laughs> Look, I was that guy. 
Sure. Yeah. You know, I used to, I used to dress like that all the time. And and if I listen, if you need a pl- if you need an overweight male model, I'll be more than happy to buy a jacket from you and wear it. Okay, I have no problems doing that to support you. I do want to compliment you on your uh, your logo. Oh, thank your you. Your logo is badass, and that little Chicago star is a really nice touch. So here's the thing, and I I am so beyond proud of the story. Um, just again, the way that the paintball world uh, intersects the same way as uh, cigars do. But for all the compliments that I've gotten uh, on it, I'm gonna and I'm gonna probably tag him. I'm sorry, Tony, if I get your name right, but Tony Okoro. If anybody needs any graphic design work done, mm-hmm. so my buddy, uh, my buddy Tony is one of two friends of mine. Um, you know, two folks that I associate with in Vegas, and I don't remember if it was Friday or Saturday night. I want to maybe say fr- Friday night. Mm-hmm. I am. I was staying at Treasure Island because that's where the rest of Alec Bradley was staying, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. The guy, the the uh, management was staying there, and Tony and I met up, and we're. He's not much of a cigar guy. Um, he smoked something else, but he's not much of a cigar <laughs> guy. He, he works at a dispensary, so I can't really, you know, right. whatever. But um, I, I want to talk about that actually when you're done. Cool. With your story. Yeah. No. We're, yeah, no worries. Yeah. Uh, and we were at the hotel, uh, the hotel's bar. We we're at the Treasure Island bar mm-hmm. until three o'clock in the morning, just bullshitting, talking inspiration, talking mm-hmm. what I liked, what what I thought of, what I want other people to think of, sure. what was inspiring me to the brand, and it all came down to that. And you know, there are people who want to do like so-and-so New York or so-and-so Italia or mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I want the littlest thing to be my signature of where I am because that's what I'm very proud of. Because the first thing I think of when I think of you is your White Sox hat. And uh, and just, you know, straightforward, no-nonsense, sophisticated, but just strong-bodied. And... Uh, that was us. Every fiber of my being, because there were other guys who saw me smoking a cigar in the bar and were coming up to us and being like, hey, were you at the convention? These random retailers and some manufacturers I had never heard of were mm-hmm. coming up and offering me cigars and complimenting my jacket. And I'm like, cool, thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, um, yeah he uh, within maybe two or three weeks or so, we... Uh, we honed down a few ideas, and that was eventually mm-hmm. what I came down to. And um, I look at—I'll show you one day when we get like, you know, we we'll have dinner or something because I do owe you dinner. And uh, no. we showing like looking at like what my initial concept was for my logo mm-hmm. to what I came down to. It was like, wow, mm-hmm. what a difference! But yeah, uh, long story short, thank you. <laughs> no, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Uh, there, so. Here's a question. Okay, so going back to the dispensaries, I was fascinated to, to learn that there are certain states that named marijuana dispensaries as essential businesses. Okay? And I guess if they're selling med- medicinal marijuana, I could understand why maybe for some people they are, right? That makes a little bit of sense. But it is one of the things that being in the tobacco industry to see I don't okay so I don't care if people smoke weed right I 
really don't. But the reality of the situation is marijuana alters your mindset, right? And it's becoming like this more and more acceptable thing. But yet there's this ever-growing war on tobacco. So you could drink, get drunk, and get high, but you can't smoke a cigar. That's really weird to me. Maybe, sir. And and look, in the FDA itself said one to two cigars a day does not pose any additional cancer risk. Not to mention the whole theory behind the law or the whole logic behind the law that they passed was to prevent youth smoking. Young kids don't smoke cigars. Hmm. No young kid is going to sit there for an hour and a half puffing on a cigar, okay? Um, and so it's just, it, it's, a, it's just such an interesting time, man. It really is. I mean, the it's only, weird. Yeah. what we're seeing is so weird. Only thing I can think of, like surface level, if if I want to think like a simpleton, which is maybe what maybe what the FDA is doing, is just when you think tobacco, you think bad. Like when I think tobacco and like what can happen to you, I think of my grandpa having lung cancer, and but that was my grandpa, and that was mm-hmm. not what you know. Different time and the way things are built, camels versus some some robusto or what have you by whomever, and it's yeah. like two different uses, two different philosophies of why you use it, the the means of manufacturing, and the goal behind it are different. One is, you know, art. The other is. A mass manufactured stress management, you know, something. <laughs> stress management tool. Yeah, you're right. Which but, I mean, look. at the same time though, because like you know, cigars are that's my little detachment, but not for this, not in the same, um, the the the, the physical and physiological effects are not the same for me. It's the idea of um, that comedians in cars getting coffee. I loved the part ooh, where ooh. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David and. Uh, long story short Jerry says what's the difference between the cigarettes and cigars and Larry says Mm. cigarettes you know instill stress and you're you know urgent and you're worried and you're concerned Mm. and all that cigars are contemplative and it's an experience and and that's probably the biggest thing right there is is philosophically it's an experience versus absolutely I always tell people you're experiencing a cigar you're not smoking a cigar Right, you're smoking a cigarette. You're experiencing a cigar. <laughs> exactly, and and, here, look. and it and it comes down to me being at Casa with an Alec Bradley black market, and I will go to uh, if you know that place that uh, Q that barbecue place. In yeah, oh yeah, that place is great. I'll yeah. get I'll get three pulled pork sliders. A bl- uh, I'll get a coffee and uh, I'll get a whatever the hell I just happen to have a taste for. That's, yeah, that's that's my meditation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, dude. Hey, you, the, the government has already acknowledged that premium cigars are different, right? In, the, in one of the last rulings that they had, they basically admitted you can't treat premium cigars like other tobacco products. We don't, we don't have additives, okay? Our cigars are 100% natural, at least on the premium side, right? 
We don't appeal to the youth. Hell, we only appeal to about 3 million people in the entire country. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it's not like this is a mass market type thing. Okay. Uh, but it, it, it's just, it's weird to me that it, it's us as the premium cigar industry for such a small industry and such a really family-run industry, okay? I mean, look at Alec Bradley. That's a yep. father and sons, right? Yep. You look at Fuente. You look at Padron. You look at uh, my father, okay? These are all family companies. And that's, I think, what people really miss in this whole thing. So um, it, it's, just, it's just different, man. So when we're, when we're building a cigar company or a cigar brand or, or whatever it is, you want to, like, nothing makes me more happy than being a part of somebody's experience like you're describing. Like when somebody posts a patina online, like, I'm enjoying this cigar with my dad or with my friends or I'm at this event that I really love being at and I'm smoking a patina while I'm doing it to have like that celebratory aspect to your brand that people look at your cigar to include with their celebratory action is, is awesome. It's humbling. Right. I mean, just, and imagine the contrast, imagine like you just speaking of depressingly, like, you know, you're, you graduate from high school or your, your eighth grade graduation, you're graduating from college, whatever. And you're right. like, Oh my God, that was so good. You'll never believe what I bought you. A cigar? No, I bought you a pack of... Yeah. I went to the gas station and I bought you a pack of... I don't know, I don't smoke cigarettes. Marlboro but... Reds, you know? <laughs> yeah. I bought... Yeah. Well, I mean, if it was... If somebody wanted to be, like, nostalgic with me, I, I might actually be impressed. Like, I got him a pack of Lucky Strikes and I would be like, right. what? Or, but uh... It's, it's, ama it's amazing to me also that society has if you look at like a lot of old films or even like throughout throughout really american culture cigars were always seen as a upper echelon type thing right mm -hmm. that rich people did but the the truth of the matter is the majority of cigar smokers are just regular dudes like us and um man i just this, if there's one thing to your listeners that I would, that I really would want to hammer home is you don't have to go to a cigar shop and buy patina, okay? If you do, that's great. But get, if you're not a cigar smoker, and don't just turn your nose at it without trying to learn more about what the industry is, what it stands for, the people behind the brands, uh, and sit down with a, a cigar smoker and try to understand what they enjoy about it. Because it's not just smoking. We don't look at it like, you're sm like you said. You're experiencing a cigar. And nothing, I'm 37 years old, Kevin. Damn. I've never, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I have, it feels weird to say that. Because uh, I feel like I'm fucking 17. But anyway. You don't look like it. I, well, that's why. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I was talking mentally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we, nothing in the world brings people together like a cigar. Nothing. 
You can go have drinks with your buddies and whatever. At a certain point, you're going to forget what's going on if you have too many. But with a cigar, you could sit and smoke with your friends and have some of the deepest, most enlightening conversations, or even with strangers, and meet people and network with people that you never would have outside of a cigar shop. Maybe what you should consider, because I think if it, if it comes down to what the experience is and trying to reinforce that, speaking of Alan Edmonds, because uh, I just had a pair of shoes refurbished from them, they make a point of saying it goes through like a however many point mm-hmm. inspection and refurbishment process right. or like a car, like CarMax or whatever the hell it is. They yeah, go through yeah. like a 120 point inspection. You should have a wrapper printed where on the inside of it, you list every step and every single thing that goes that that cigar goes through, from seedling to harvesting to the roll, everything in between, just and be like, you know what, like fifty pairs of hands and three years of aging went into this one little thing. Well, somebody somebody else did that, so I can't do that. Oh, but dear. I understand what you're saying and. And obviously, it's a really good idea, or else somebody wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Um, what I like about this, and, and these are handmade products by people that, in all honesty, really cannot afford to even buy the products that they are making. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the rollers and stuff get to smoke while they're on the job. Right, they get to to have a cigar, a couple cigars while they're working and stuff like that. So they do get to enjoy the fruits of their labor in that regard. Um, but what I respect about the the partners that I have in Nicaragua is how they treat their employees. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what I've tried to do is champion the people that are behind the cigars. Because, like, look, everybody will look at Patina, everybody will see me, okay? But, yes, I worked on the blends. Yes, we came up with the recipe. Yes, the branding is, is mine in the name. But there's a lot of people behind the scenes that make this all go, right? Uh, whether it's the rollers, whether it's the packaging department, whether it's the... Uh, people that get the cigars on a plane to ship to the U.S., um, whether it's the uh, people that are fermenting the tobacco or uh, sorting the tobacco or taking out the stems in the tobacco, all of this plays a role into the making of one cigar. Yep. And so it's easy for us as consumers to take something for granted when we're just seeing the finished product. But everything that goes into that Man, there are so many steps, and and that's I think what you're trying to get at, and you're absolutely right. Yeah, and it's and it's you know trying to be in this day and age where maybe, because uh, I, I guess we're we're quantified. I think you might be in the threshold of borderline, but you know with millennials, and we hit on mm-hmm. the we we hit on before with your first interview mindset of a cigar startup versus what other people's types of companies and the thing about it is that with cigars you're not trying to change the world overnight like no one is really trying to you're not trying to reinvent the wheel but what you are trying to convey is 
what this experience is and what has all gone into the effort of developing that. And it's not just yeah. growing it, cutting it up from the ground and rolling it and sending it. That's why, um, you know, I've made, you know, whether it was Alec Bradley or anybody else, mm -hmm. I've always been like, you know what, I'm just, I'm doing this cause I enjoy it. If you want to hand me something, it's mm -hmm. very appreciated, but understanding like, the amount of work that goes into like a pair of bespoke bench-made shoes, for example, or mm -hmm. a bespoke handmade bench-made, whatever you want to call it, suit, mm -hmm. I will never ask for that for free because mm -hmm. I know the amount of work that goes into it, the artisanship, mm -hmm. training, apprenticeship, and all the labor, mm -hmm. all the time that goes into it, like mm -hmm. 120 hours to make a jacket. Um, and cigars are no different. And always say, you know, thank you and give a big hug or handshake or you find a social distant way of saying thank you right now. But Right, when, yeah, exactly. You know, the, when, rules, the rules of engagement have changed. Exactly. When, when yeah. you find, uh, you know, when you learned to have appreciated that, it's, it, it redefines the whole experience. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. If you, yeah. Man, like I said, I, I encourage healthy individuals that listen to this to uh you know not not to be intimidated not to think not to snub their nose at it but try to understand what that what this industry represents for so many people sure uh and so i mean you do i mean you've seen it we've sat in groups of people you literally have like guys that are ceos guys that are police yeah. officers guy guys that are a mayor, you know, and then whatever, yeah, doctors, and you're I mean, like, whatever, holy yeah. shit, and exactly because what I, what I was, uh, Christ, because I'm on, I'm on like my third Glenfiddich. I almost forgot what I was gonna say, but uh, <laughs> you know what? Actually, oh, I'm gonna no, going hard tonight. Huh? Buy, buy me some time. But finish with the thought you were gonna make. Real quick, by the way, is this the first time in our lives that that drinking alone and Early is not considered alcoholism. For me personally, no. <laughs> <laughs> As society. <laughs> oh. Probably not. Probably not. Oh, man. No, not. In, I'm saying in our lifetimes. I know. Because you're not much younger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard you. <laughs> I heard you. No, that was um, when I was in college, I was 23 three or 24 years old and I got shingles and I remember the doc, I, I finally got an appointment. I was at Univ I was at uh, U of I in Springfield and mm -hmm. the doctor said to me, he's like, well, uh, just for perspective, he said, you know, you don't, you're not normally supposed to get shingles unless you're like really under stress, the mm -hmm. light goes off or you're like in your seventies or eighties. And I said, well, number one, I said, I was never an, an overachiever in my life. I guess this is like the one time that I wanted mm. to like get ahead of myself in life. Um, mm -hmm. But then also I was like, well, you know, when you really think about it, I was, I was going, I would go to class, scrounge for food, go to my internship, scrounge for food, go to mm -hmm. the, the campus theater for seven, eight hours. Cause I needed it for my minor. Uh, it was called the practicum. So seven, eight mm. hours, find time to do homework, find time. Cause I had an actual job finding time. For right. That. And it was the stress of all that. And right. the most of the time when I tell you going to class or like getting up and going to class, like scrounging for food in between there, 
Normally, I did not have time to make myself a solid meal, but the one thing that I had a lot of at the time was Miller Lite. Mm-hmm. And I always had it in my fridge from the night before, so I would actually throw back like a beer or two before my my way to class. Yeah. Which like, kind of clicks now because my last semester, my last year of college was academically my best ever, so I think I may have cracked the code on that. <laughs> Damn it, man. If I was going to be an alcoholic, maybe it's time to get my master's degree. I don't know. Yeah, man, you might want to look into a higher education while you're at it. Yeah, I would be a scholar, no doubt. But, mm-hmm. um, Christ, I... I, I still all that time I just bought myself I still completely lost that other train of thought, but but that is it, it goes back no matter what it goes back though it is experience and um, actually it was our age that's the big thing and that, mm-hmm. it's it's all coming together now the stigma I think has broken because or we're at least trying to break it because I am of how many people that I know that are in their thirties and smoke cigars. Mm-hmm. Versus, mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, what I I love. It's most of the time I'll get it from women when they say like, oh, like, you, like cigars smell like my grandfather. Like, it smell like my mm-hmm. grandfather, and like they're they're gross or they're they're disgusting, whatever. And again, the surface. You, stuff, you sure it's not the brute cologne that you wear? I am out of uh, jo- uh fuck John Varvados, by the way, but <laughs> but I do thank you nevertheless. That's called manumission, I believe it's called mm. man ammunition, but um. I would get that all the time, like oh, like my grandfather smoked cigars, my oh, like my grand, and I'm like, and I got so tired of it that I just started. I remember someone saying it to me once, and I said, you know what? I, and I'll bet your grandfather was a classy gentleman, yeah, and yeah. I bet you loved him very much, and I bet you have <laughs> wonderful memories because it's 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 sensory. It's just like building your sure. palate on a cigar, like earth, chocolate, espresso, mm-hmm. vanilla, all of these different little things, and it's like you know what I. Your grandpa had good taste. Right. No, absolutely. It's interesting you bring that up because I think that most people really start to get into cigars or at least become aware of cigars or introduce them in their late 20s. Um, You, for whatever reason, either through corporate gatherings uh, with colleagues or... um, some people get into whiskey or bourbon or whatever, and then they see a lot of people pairing cigars with these things. So like, huh, that's interesting. And then an offshoot of that brings them into cigars. I've seen that. I think cigars for a lot of people indicate a sign, like a reaching of a certain point in their lives. If that makes sense. Um, just interesting, man. It's it's really fascinating to watch the dyna- demographic dynamics of, of cigar smokers. And now we're seeing a lot more women smoking cigars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's an added uh, demographic, really, that has come on, especially in the last probably two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, totally. And we can go on and on. I will say this is my first episode that I've gone over an hour on. So. Well, I'm, I'm an interesting person. Well, but no, see, I care about I care. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a matter of opinion. But I care I care about you just as much as you care about me. So it's a it's a fluid conversation. Well, it's not a, it's well, not an interview. It's a slippery slope, Mo. 
Yeah, well, you're, you're, you're three in, so what do you want me to say? Your oh. spiritual advisors are speaking. Uh. Yeah, spirits. I'm kidding. No, I'm going to be first in line for, uh, at Casa for your new stick. I, I personally cannot wait for that. Uh, yeah. And I do think about, because I, I remember you having the conversations with me about these different folks that you were you were in talk yeah. with. So if I, you know, I'll spontaneously have a taste for something while I'm at work. And I do not like really walking up to the Gold Coast from work because it's just the sure. long walk. But to know that there are folks up and around the Gold Coast of Chicago, um, if folks are not familiar with that, just think of the word, the phrase Gold Coast, and you'll kind of, it, it, it is what it means. But to know that I've got friends who have made it to places like these, these better, I don't, I don't really know if you want to say higher, you know, better, but higher end venues that are very, you know, reputed and are very prolific, you know, with history and so on. And these different places that can source an amazing cigar. Um, and knowing that it's like, this is, this is my dude and he's a hardworking guy and I love talking to him about stuff. And the insight that I get is like, who, do, who, do, who knew? Like, it's incredible to have a new perspective. It's like going to an IPCPR, like to actually see people and to hear, to hear the direction that the industry has gone, where it's going and whether, mm-hmm. pe- whether people are happy about it or not. Um, federal regulations happy about it or not whatever goes through or not and then mm-hmm. you know ultimately there's just going back to casa and there's the guys there and uh you know reconnecting with everybody and god knows there's going to be a lot of smoke coming out of lagrange illinois after the quarantine lifts. uh yeah i would imagine so and i and i <laughs> hope so because you know for you know sam and mike they're great guys and they've created a wonderful atmosphere and a great establishment and uh I hope that, and not just about Casa, but in general, to, yeah. to leave everybody with this, is that I hope when things do go back to normal, we don't forget what it was like to be in this. And and I'm saying this to myself, first and foremost. In all those times that I didn't want to travel, or I didn't feel like going here, or going there, I'm going to remember this, and I'm going to be thankful for the opportunity to be even able to do that. Yeah. And I, and I hope that I've learned and I hope other people learn for their situations, not to take for granted the opportunities and the normalcy that we get to enjoy all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, man, I think uh, I'm excited about the rest of this year after, after hopefully we're, we're done with this and uh, continuing to build yeah, I hear you, man. And like I said, we're probably going to um, – I'll probably shoot you a text and be like, hey, I'm either heading in the direction of Portillo's because I don't think there's a Portillo's around Casa or from at Q. And I'm going to text you. Yeah, like, hey, yeah. Hey, dude, like, like I owed you a dinner. We're gonna sit and bullshit, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a little overboard with how many I smoked that night. But it's gonna be a good time no matter what. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm gonna give you more or less the last word in this because, like I said, this has been a pretty long episode of just us mm-hmm. rambling. But hopefully, it's uh, it's been meaningful and it takes folks' minds off of things for a while. Um, yeah. Kind of like on Hot Wings. Uh, there's only one microphone, but. Uh, Again, tell us what's 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 exciting, what's coming, and uh, yeah, what else do you want to leave us with? Yeah, man, I think I've said the majority of it. I, I have a 
like I said, my, my first uh, new uh, brand extension or line extension uh, coming with the Maduro cigar to uh, add to the Connecticut and Habano. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, I think it's unique, and I think it'll give uh, even the most seasoned Maduro smoker uh, something different uh, than they've been used to smoking or experiencing, as we've said. And uh, where we go from there, time will tell. And um, that will certainly be dictated by kind of the regulatory issues that or the regulatory challenges that we continue to face and, and how we how we navigate that. But in the meantime, uh, just continue to try to work through it, man. Absolutely. And then Sultan's of Smoke, if folks want to get just one more resource to hear more information, mm-hmm. whether it's philosophy, um, business, mm-hmm. just a good general bullshit with some cigars, where can they find Sultan's mm-hmm. of Smoke? Uh, it's on uh, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. I think those are the three major ones. Yeah, I didn't get on any of those. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, guys, this has been Mo Malley. Patina cigars, hand-rolled, awesome blends, awesome guy, awesome business. Um, whether it's curbside, whether it is online, or when the day comes, whether it is seeing you in your favorite brick and mortar, definitely uh, Mo appreciating your time as far as a recap and a review. No, checking thank back, you. Checking back in with you, and hopefully everything turns out well for you and a huge success no matter what. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, Bob. Absolutely, guys. This is Style of Zephyr. Kevin Quinn, K Quinn Custom. You can also find me on uh, Instagram, uh, a little bit on uh, Facebook, not too much on there. Um, have the website under construction, but unfortunately, with again quarantine issues and some other um, logistical problems, uh, my photography all kind of got uh, delayed a little bit. But if any questions or uh, inquiries on fittings, give me a shout out. But until then, remember to stay styled and stay true to you. Take care until next time. <laughs>